Regina Nissan is the presenting sponsor of the Off the Hosel podcast. And this month, you can choose your vehicle and your bonus during the big thrill sales event. You can lease the new 2021 Nissan Murano for as low as $193 biweekly for 39 months with $950 down. Or check out the new 2021 Nissan Sentra, leased as low as $54 weekly for 60 months with $0 down. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan. Or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Or check them out on social media at Nissan Regina. Drive Nissan. Harbor Golf Club and Resort offers an exciting challenge to all levels of golf enthusiasts. This 18-hole championship golf course is situated on the bluffs overlooking the scenic Lake Diefenbaker in Elbow, Saskatchewan. Feast your eyes on the panoramic views of miles of sandy beaches, the lake, and our spectacular golf course. Take the opportunity to get away from life's hustle and bustle and support local by planning your next day trip to Harbor Golf. Use off the hosel code on your next booking and get 20% off green fees and a $20 food and beverage voucher for your foursome. Offer not applicable with any other promotion. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Hosel, episode 74. I'm your host, Troy Kosher. Joined by my brother and esteemed colleague, Danny H. Boys. Drew. Yeah, what's going on? You're not the host. But uh, welcome back, Troy, to the podcast. He's been, been gone for quite some time. Um, and Dan's back in the house, too, as well. No intern this week. Christian's in the background, as always. Uh, but first, this is a Nissan-driven podcast. It's time to check out the new Nissan Rogues, Kicks, Frontiers. Is that a Frontier? Is that a Nissan Frontier? It is. It is. Awesome. 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. Drive Nissan. Oil changes. Great people there. Check them out. Uh, and Troy's rip off where we are recording from. As always, we're located live at Divots Indoor Golf at 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. Closed for the season right now, but we'll open up uh, when this beautiful weather decides to go away. Seven great simulators. Got awesome food, awesome staff. Cold uh, beers. Cold beers. And the golf is uh, fantastic for those non-summery days like we're having today. So, Well, speaking of summer days and hot days, it's time or when you need a cold drink. We'd like to drink. Danny, I to tell you. We like to drink here at uh, Off the Halls. I don't know about Troy, but uh, Busy Hard Seltzers. So everyone Ooh. meet the new Busy Hard Seltzer with 100 calories, 355 millimeters. That's how big the can is. Milliliters. Milliliters, sorry. Yeah. Easy, uh, stack it? guy. Didn't well, do so well in science, did you? No, I didn't do well in science school. <laughs> <laughs> the variety packs uh, with Vizzies, they got pineapple, mango, blueberry, pomegranate, strawberry, kiwi, black cherry, lime flavors. They got their delicious Drew, right? We have them on the course all the time. Yeah, they're unreal. I love them. If you're, you know, I'm a beer guy, but when you're not craving a beer, have one of these and, and they'll, uh, they'll get the job done. Get busy, get wild. Uh, yeah. Molson products only. I like that. And, of Go. course, Last Mountain Distillery. Get busy, get wild. I like that. Yeah. All right, boys, we have lots to chat about this week. It's a big week in the local sport world as well. We'll get to that in the latter portion of the podcast with 
a big tournament and probably one of one of three, maybe four tournaments this year in Saskatchewan. But first, we got some NHL playoffs to cover. As always, we're hockey guys too. We're going to talk about quickly as Troy wasn't here last week or the week before that. So we welcome him back. And, you know, Jeremy Hanley watching, big, big fan of Troy's. Jay Han, how you doing, brother? Uh, Jay Han. Uh, we're we're going to bring up the Edmonton Oilers first, getting swept after finishing second place in the regular season. I've had experience with this, uh, coaching a team, doing the same exact thing. Uh, but now we have a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. Troy, let's walk through the Edmonton Oilers losing four straight to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, heartbreaking, uh, not really. Expected, not really. Four-game sweep, that was unexpected. Yeah. Um, you know, I've said it before, if, if you keep the big guns off the board, you're not going to win. Yep. Um, Edmonton has issues with their depth they have in my opinion no depth after four players i'm talking offense yep right you've got mcdavid dreisaitl nugent and uh who am i forgetting here okay sorry they got three guys (laughs) yeah like like their their depth that's that's what that's what kills them they don't have any of those third fourth line scores um which most most nhl teams do defense Defense actually played pretty good. I mean, if you look at the scores of the games, it wasn't five nothing. You know what I mean? It was they're very well. Three games went to overtime. You know what I mean? Well, and uh, the fact that Darnell Nurse played over sixty minutes in the last minutes, game, and yeah. then flew home directly after the game to see the birth of his new child. So uh, yeah, no Nurse. Nurse had a good playoff. Smitty did everything he possibly could at thirty nine years old. Yeah. Um, they're talking about bringing him back next year already, and I'm hoping. That's for a backup yeah, role. Backup position. Well, they, they've already confirmed that they're bringing Costner back as well. So, I don't want to cheer for them next year. That's because <laughs> that's not good. And I, you know, I mean, that's it's Torelli's. He's his his footprints on the team are almost off the board. I know we got twenty two million dollars to spend this year in, in free agency. So yeah, um, I know I, I'm not trying to jump the gun before we get there, but I know right now, and I'm willing to bet you a shiny $100 bill, that Hyman will be an Oiler next year. Oh, no. That, that's where the Oilers are going to put their I hope money. not. Well, I, I already I heard rumors not. of Hyman going to the, uh, the Rangers next year. He's going to sign with the Oilers. And that's... Uh, it depends what he asks for. I've got inside information on that. Okay. Steve, that's all I'm going to say. All right. I don't want to say his well, last name because I don't want him to get roasted. No, so, I mean, the Oilers, uh, yeah, disappointing, very much so. Again, I know we're going to get into what happened last night. All I'm going to say is the Oilers got a good week and a half start on the golf course, so they'll get the least yeah. number there too. So, <laughs> Well, <laughs> bef- before you, you, you jump in and we go to Danny and the Leafs, Troy, I guess as a, as a fan of the Oilers, I want to know, we talked to, with our guest today, Brian Munns, about it. What do you think, as a fan, the Oilers need to get with you know depth in the offseason? You know, what kind of guys does McDavid need around him for that team to be successful? So what they need to do, in my opinion, is they got to split up Drysaitel and 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 uh, McDavid. You got to yeah. have two solid lines. You can't have them playing together because in your bottom three or your bottom nine, I had to do some quick math there, isn't as strong. Stack guy. Yeah, I know. Um, so they need to find a right or left winger with good skill set that can keep up with the pace of play of both Dreisaitl and McDavid. Yeah. Uh, I think Cassian is done after the, he's done actually. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, he's a free agent now. So that's going to free up some money. 
he was a no-show for three of the four games. He also had concussions like crazy. Kara, I mean, the guy shouldn't be playing how many concussions he had this year. He's gone. Um, the new NHL isn't tough fighting. And I'm being honest, it's not. You need speed. Yep. Speed kills. Now, the problem with McDavid is he's so bloody fast, he's got no one to keep up with him. Right? Yeah. So you got to get someone that's fast, can take, a, can take a crispy pass, right? Put the puck in the net. Tape the tape. Tape so the tape. Sorry, what are you going to do with uh, Pavarvi? Pavarvi or whatever? Oh, he stepped his game up this year. Yeah, he did. Uh, I was no, very no, surprised. Yes, he'll I like be, him. He'll probably be your first line winger, I'm thinking, alongside McDavid. Yeah. Um, they played pretty well together, actually. Those, our defense those is two. nice. Larson's going to sign a contract. He's going to take a pay cut, guarantee it. I'll tell you right now. I don't like him. I'll tell you right now. When they traded Larson for Taylor Hall, was that three years ago? Four years ago? Long time ago, yeah. So angry. I'm like, who is this butt plug coming to play defense for the Oilers? You just gave up fucking Taylor Hall, right? He is a sound, sound defenseman. He generally leads the league in hits. Doesn't make that many mistakes. Um, he's going to take a pay cut, though. And he's going to stay. I guarantee it. He got hurt then there, right? Well, no, he played all. Who's well, the, he played all four games. And okay. yeah, quickly before we else. jump on, we're probably we're probably gonna they're they're gonna lose Tyson Berry unless they didn't and get that's some okay. money. No, we're not getting Berry back. They've already said that he's gonna leave, and that's okay. I mean, you gotta I mean, remember the Oilers got Evan Bouchard who only played ex, a handful of games, and he is going to be a top four defenseman, guarantee one hundred and ten percent. Whoa, absolutely shoots from anywhere. Love that guy. Wow, you don't think so? Uh, I, playing 12 games, I'm never going to say he's going to be a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League. On the Oilers. I never said in the NHL. In the Oilers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Then, right? then that trend may still be the same way the next 20 years. But, I mean, man, you, I, I just think for me as watching that team, they need more depth like you just mentioned. Tyler Ennis is a good player, but he's too old. They need younger guys that are already capable. The Connor Browns of the, of the games, like Hyman's you said. Um, I can't even think of guys that, I, that, that are young enough that play those roles that aren't the 100-point guys, you know, the guys that score 40 points uh, a year but also have plus 30, Right. you know? Um, I mean, one big, big hiccup in the Oilers program is goaltending. And I've said that for yeah. yep. many, many years. The goaltending is the – again, I know we're going to go talk to Daniel here about Toronto, but it's, it's almost the same scenario as Toronto. Toronto pays how many millions of dollars to Freddie Anderson, and he rode pine. Well, we, we signed Mike Smith to a one-year deal, and I was mad about it. But the guy played his heart out. He, he did. He had a hell of a year. He had a hell of a year. But when you got Koskinen in there who can't stop three of six shots, it's tough to win. Yeah. And you can't ride a 39 going on 40-year-old goalie back to back to back to back. Yeah. I'm 40. I know what it's like. I mean, I go play two rounds of golf back to back, and I'm like, holy Christ, I'm sore. Like, I need, I need, yeah. I need to sit in a hot tub, take some muscle relaxants. You young guys... Yeah, go, play. You, you guys can do four or five, six games in a row, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts on the Oilers. Um, like I said, we're out on the golf course. They're out on the golf course. They're looking good. I mean, there's a lot of nice courses in Alberta that they're probably playing, and they've probably got a good uh, head start on some of these other teams. So here's to next year. Yeah, there it is. There's the Oilers recap from Troy. We're moving into the 2022 season. Is that correct? Yeah. 2021 season. So uh, now over to Dan, and he's a Beta Leaf fan. Uh, great uh, division season this year. They finished first. They lose in seven now. to the Montreal Canadiens. 
Dan, Dan, we're going to ask some questions here. We wanted to get your answers as a fan perspective. Uh, before you do that, right away, Troy brought up, you know, riding a guy. You know, Freddie Anderson didn't play a lot. Yeah, uh, injuries you, this year. You, ri- you ride the hot goalie. Jack Campbell, I thought, was incredible. He had some cup experience over in L.A. Uh, but, Dan, let's uh, let's get right into it, man, with the thicker things here. Fuck. What, what do you say? Like, I'm just – last night, I couldn't even sleep last night. That's how disappointed I was. Um, uh I don't know where can, do you want. Where, do you, where do you want? Right to, there, where do you want to go with it? First of all, Cam, I want to say because you brought up Campbell there, he did everything he could. It wasn't a goaltending issue for the playoffs. He did everything he could uh, to give them the opportunity to win. And yep. I think the biggest thing, the Leafs, they got all like we talked off there. They got all the pieces. They got all. They got their big guns. They got their goal scorers. They got all the depth, but they don't know how to win. They don't know how to show up for those big games. Um, they can't play big big boy hockey. Like Marner, I don't know what the hell he was doing this year. He didn't show up for playoffs. Matthews, he he was throwing his body around a little bit this year, but he got, you know, when you only score one goal in seven games, like, come on, you're, you know, you're the top scorer in the NHL and that's all you do. And I could go through that whole lineup and just kind of, you know, tic-tac at every player and say what they did wrong. But I just think as a collective, as a team, they didn't do shit this year and they didn't show up. And like, what do you say? What what more do you say? So I want to ask you a question, Dan. Sheldon Keith. Keith, yeah. Stay or go? See, I could see I could see them getting rid of him. I think if they got a new coach. Me and a buddy of mine are talking, and uh, he's a Leafs fan too. We were actually talking about, you know, who's a free agent. I don't know how he would do with the Leafs players, but Tortorella's uh, sitting, at, he's sitting at home right now. You know, maybe you get a guy like that in there, and he, he, he demands toughness, right? You know, Columbus, he didn't work out uh, for him in the end, but, you know, he, he's always coached a tough hockey team. And uh, The only thing I worry about there is how – you know, when, when who was there? Was it Dubois? And then Line was there, right? Well, let's just say it. How That's the only way is like, with the superstars. Matthews and Marner, do they gravitate to that, mm. right? Because they already hated Babcock. Or maybe I hated him, sorry, that's not the correct term. You know, probably didn't like him, I should yeah. say, or didn't gravitate to him. Uh, but Tortorella is a great coach. I, I like the guy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, who know, maybe he'd be a great fit for him. You don't know, right? But I think Keith could be on. I think Dubas and Shannon are going to stay. I think they're put unless the president comes in or the owner comes in and says you're gone. Yeah. But so I do, think you, do you think it's a big problem? And again, we're in the same boat here. I'm an Oilers fan. You're a Leafs fan, right? We both had early round exits that we weren't, have. weren't expected. No. Right? We It should have been the Leafs versus the Oilers. Yeah. Right? Should have been. Do you think that the money spent on the top players, and I mean, I know the answer for the Oilers, should have been dispersed oh, definitely. throughout the entire roster? Yes. I mean, they... they Looking back at it, yeah, I mean, does Marner deserve $11 million? Does, you know, no, because they haven't done anything for it. But uh, you look at these other teams, like the Islanders, for example, like their, their top paid guy I was looking was like $6, 7000000 million. And, he, and look at that team. They're, they're pushing. Yeah. They're going deep in the playoffs. So they have a grittier team than the Leafs, right? I think if they can – but that's, just, that's the frustrating part because then you go back to Leafs, oh, they do have, you know, Simmons and all these other pieces that are tough, but they just didn't show up. I mean, you know. So the the one thing I want to add, uh, both of you are both fans of teams that have you know a continuously r- losing record. You know, I heard it today. Someone was saying you look at teams that have won and won multiple cups. You you don't always win when you're young. It, I mean, Steve Eisman didn't win till he was thirty, yeah. and, and the Wings didn't win multiple cups because they were young, right? So the Leafs are still relatively young. The right. Oilers are relatively young. Yeah. McDavid, Drysaddle. So you know, and I was saying off the record, both of you guys, like the Leafs. Like they take that core, they have all the guys already. Like we're not bringing in a Crosby, you're not bringing in a uh, 
John Carlson that you you have the team. The Oilers have they have make some moves. But for, as far as the Leafs though, they bring in they keep the team the way it is. They keep the coach, whatever they have to do. You walked in that room, go where where do we go wrong? Everyone knows. Oh, they're losing the playoffs. Well, yeah, everyone knows that. How do we get over that, right? That's where you take that team now to Austin Matthews. Hey, we need morphing the playoffs. We need you to be in the dirty areas. I don't find Matthews in the dirty areas enough in the playoffs. Right. Marner needs some more nuts in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Muzzin goes down. That hurts their team. He's a big defenseman, I think, a part of that club. But I just think they need more push in the playoffs. Like, and Billy Bean said it best in Moneyball. It doesn't matter if you, if you win, don't win the last game of the season. No one gives a shit. Yeah. So if you can win 83-1 and one, or 80-2, and two, whatever you want to call it, and you don't win the end of the year, no one cares. That's yeah, where that's I'm at a, with that. That's a good analogy, and I totally agree with you 110%. I mean, uh, Leafs finish first, Oilers finish second. and It's just a waste of a season to me. And, like, and, and, and not only a season for the players, but honestly as fans. Because, you know, you invest a lot of time watching. The I watched play. every single game. <laughs> I try to watch every yeah. game. And I'll be dead honest. You know, I've been gone for a few weeks. I, you know, we're yeah. back in Regina now, and I was living at mom and dad's. And when the Oilers lost game three, I was like, okay, well, game four, I guess I got to watch it now, right? I was sleeping when it went into double overtime. And I woke up, and dad told me that they lost. And I said, good i don't gotta waste it would have been a wednesday night to watch game five yeah you know what i mean it just it gets so frustrating as fans it is yeah and you know because you invest your time you invest your money into product and yeah. you know you you watch social media today and you see and i seen it all last week with oilers but you see guys burning leaf jerseys yeah. and burning oiler jerseys and oh, i'm the a cracking fan now and i'm this and i'm that i've been tempted but I'll tell you right now, I'm booked in for tattoo work, and I know what I'm getting done. There's yeah. going to be a big Oiler logo done, and I know you've got a Leafs one. Yeah, so. you're pissed off. You're mad. and you could. You know. I'll, I'll tell you, young guys, a fun story real quick. Sure. It is sports-related. So I was born in 1980. I wasn't a big football guy, NFL, and Dad always cheered for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right? Yep. I'm going to cheer for the Eagles. Dad cheered for them. Mm -hmm. I was 38 when they finally won their first Super Bowl. And I'll tell you, it sure paid off. It felt good. It was like I was part of that team. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I learned is never to switch your colors, right? I mean, as, as much as you're pissed off and you're yeah. just like, I'm done with this, the Leafs are going to win. It's going to happen. The Oilers are going to win. I mean, we won back in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. So, I mean, you've got a little bit longer wait. But I'll tell you, when the Eagles, yeah. when, when they won that Super Bowl a few years ago, I mean, it was, it was like ecstasy. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, never wow. done it. I've never done it either. We don't promote drugs on this uh, podcast by any means. Sorry, bad choice of words. But, no, it was uh, you, that feeling you get when it finally happens mm -hmm. is unbelievable. And yeah. you got to remember, with, with the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, there's, what, 30-plus teams in each league. It's tough to win a championship. Yep. And, I mean, and I, I'm not trying to, it. like – jump into the next topic but i mean look at baseball for example the yankees have won how many world series yeah they buy their teams every year they're investing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into their salary yeah. and then you take a team like the tampa bay rays last year yeah with a 30 million dollar payroll and go to game six of the world series you know mm -hmm. what i mean money doesn't buy you championships no. I, I, everyone it says helps. It, it helps but doesn't but you need the players in the locker room to buy into that mentality to win the game. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Perfect. I love it. That was a good hockey talk. Can I bring up one more point? Sure, too, Dan. 
Did you, did you guys watch Game Seven last night? Yep. There, yeah. yeah. I flipped over. Well, during the intermissions, I flipped over the Boston Islanders game. It's like you go from it looked like a regular se- a preseason game the way the Montreal, oh, that blue and white game. Yeah, it looked like no one gave a shit. Like, and then you go to the Islanders Boston. There's hits. Every, there's scrums every single after yeah. every whistle. It's like, okay, what's going on here? I think there's just a lack of intensity and. And you know what, though, I, I think the reason, too, Dan, because of that is the fans. Fans in the buildings. Last night, they let oh, 520. Yeah. yeah, 500 people. Uh, 550, sorry. For uh, sure. Essential workers yeah. into the building. You go down south and watch these games. They got packed barns. There's 20,000 like Carolina? People. Carolina. <laughs> I mean. It helps, but when you're making $11 million, I think that should help. Yeah. Too. You know what I mean? Like, it just. Yeah. Okay, quick to hear. We're jumping on to some, um, some other stuff I want to talk about today. Uh, we'll stick right with hockey here. Who do you guys like in the next series? Montreal, Winnipeg. It's quick answers. Troy? Jets in six. Dan? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Jets in six, too. Yeah, I like Drew? the Jets as well. Yeah, I, I th- You know what? I'm going Jets in five. I'll go Jets in five. Change it up. I'm just going to say seven because I like to watch <laughs> as many hockey games as possible. But, oh, I hope um, so. Winnipeg's a big, strong team. And I, I watched I'm not, every other game. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty sure I said Winnipeg would be one of the best teams in the North yeah, this year. Yeah, you did. But, yeah, I like, I like their team. Now the next question is, who do you see in the Final Four? Uh, can I just say Stanley Cup champ? Sure. Colorado. Yeah, I, I mean, I pick Colorado too off there. They're, yeah. It's an easy team to pick. I think if, if uh, Colorado doesn't get past Vegas, which I think they will, Vegas. I think Vegas will take a good run. Too. I'm really hoping for Ebbs and the Islanders, though. Really hoping Oh, yeah. They won last night. I know they did. Um, yeah, I did want to. Who do you got? Who do you got? Well, Colorado, Colorado too. Like, Colorado. Like they're, they're just so dominant and they're fast and they're good and everyone seems to gel. But Vegas isn't out of it. Like, like Vegas can come back hard. I think that series goes the longevity of it, like six oh, or yeah. seven. Yeah. But I mean, they're two good teams. I think whoever wins that finally gets their cup. I mean, Vegas has been waiting, what, two years for a cup? And Colorado yeah, rather waits Colorado. since 1998. Is that a little? Do you think the Kraken got a, a Stanley Cup team in the next nah, three years? Nah, the whole yeah. expansion draft is way different. Yeah, but I know, I know. Okay, do you want to do local talk now, or do you want to bring up some baseball talk? I, I actually watched one game. Who'd you watch? Hey, by the way, uh, I never seen. I seen on Instagram on my uh, weeks off there that you put out a post about who you should cheer for. I know I commented uh, Oakland because I like Oakland. Yeah. Did you pick a team? Yeah. Honestly, like there were so many random ones, like the Rays and the Rockies, and they all have such cool names and, and cool pick? logos. You know, the I, listeners want to know. Who I you, went with my guts, team? and I went with you know I'm. Jays. Toronto, let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, Canadian team. Soft as Charm. I'm going to go. Soft as Charm. I have to cheer for at least one Canadian team if I had a team to cheer for. Well, one thing, There's the, only Jays, one the Jays are always the riders. on. The Riders. I cheer for them, too. The Jays are always on TV. You know, if True. you're Tampa Bay, you're not going to are you going to go yeah, anywhere? Yeah, I mean, you know? I guess this. I'm an Oakland Athletic fan when the movie's on. Moneyball. And when, when let's go Jays, baby. Are they in the playoffs yet? When does that start? In October? No. <laughs> October. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I watched one game. I know one guy's name, Thornton uh, Bouchette. Um, okay, hold on a sec. It's not, I told you this a few weeks ago. It's not it's Bouchette. Bouchette. It's Bouchette. Bouchette. Oh, Bouchette. Bouchette. And who is Thornton? He plays in the Jays. Pitches. Yeah, he's a pitcher. Trent Thornton? His name? Trent Thornton. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know, he's like a relief Look pitcher. Look at this. Good for you. Got it all up here. But you don't know their number one starter, do you? Pitching? Yeah. Their ace. No. Hung Jun Ryu. Yeah. I won't remember that name. Though. I would never. But he knows a relief pitcher that pitches <laughs> in the sixth inning. Well, it's an easy. easy I'll, game. I'll be completely honest. The TV came on. And it was like and, and, and in relief, Trent Thornton. You got like, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Oh, I, I know he's him. One yeah. Of the hottest. Well, he, yeah, he's on fire. I now. think he's leading the league in home runs. Right yeah. now. He's actually like T one for. Uh, you think the Jays ever get Aaron Judge? No, and we don't want him. Oh, oh, did I say we? we. Doesn't doesn't like I'm a Jays fan. Yeah, Jays fan. Doesn't he like? Doesn't he like? Or is he like one of the best players of the game? Like best hitter. 
We'll teach you there. Is no, it, he's a great. It, he's a great ball player if he could play ball. He's always hurt. Oh. All right. He's like a Giancarlo Stanton, another Yankee, whose real name is Mike, but he doesn't like being called Mike. Oh, so okay. it's Giancarlo. All right, CFL news. The Edmonton <laughs> Elks. Elks now. Elks. New logo, new name. Thoughts? I, I, I got questions for you guys. Thoughts on their new team name? I just hope the Riders pound them. I mean, that's all I care about, baby. Let's go. The, the, logo, are- the logo's not bad. I like the, the Elk, but I don't really care. I think it's like, ah, it's okay. We, we, we have a friend of our show in the audience here back here, Scotty D, and hey, he's Scotty. just uh, shaking his head. No, nope, not Elks, not Elks. Like Here's it. my thought process on the Elks. So... The riders were, were always called, you know, Melonheads, right? Melonheads, that's watermelon. Yeah. Bombers are, well, they're from Winnipeg. They don't even need, like, a subtitle <laughs> or a, another name. We have a lot now, of Winnipeg fans. Me, <laughs> Sorry, well, Winnipeg. I, I'm just calling it like I see it. So you take a team like the Edmonton, we can't say that name anymore, and you change it to the Edmonton Elks. There are so many different E words they could have used, yet they took one called the Elks. How many fans in the CFL that are not... Edmonton fans are going to be like eh, bloody drunks or a bunch of alcoholics, you know, like it's going to, it's just going to be a play on words, right? Or, or if they were out, like, 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 oh, actually Montana should sponsor the team. They just give out those oh, Moosehead, yeah, yeah, the player yeah. of the game. But or, I mean, <laughs> I understand the horns. marketing. Yeah, it's a good marketing. They don't want to switch the logo, the double yeah. E, right? But you could have went personally. My favorite would have been the uh, empire. I like empire, Edmonton empire, you know, yeah, um, not- Again, yeah, but then maybe that's but why then I don't... But then it's kind of like mean machine. You know, like there's, nothing, there's not a ring to it. It's just like... The Edmonton Empire? And you come out and you to Darth Vader's music? <laughs> and then oh, they got, yeah. they got to change their whole, uh, like you said, marketing thing around. And they probably don't want to do that. They, they're losing money and they don't got any money. Mount, I now suppose. To do it. I mean, it's, it's not a bad name. It could have been... There was like a few out there I seen. I was just like... I was at, we're, we were in, in the running for it. I was going to put Edmonton off the hosel. We were to sponsor the team and... <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years, if uh, the league's in financial trouble, like it might be. So, yeah, um, no, actually, <laughs> in keeping with CFL, they are talking about. I read it today. Something to do with the new COVID restrictions. The government's going to allow American players back in for training camp. I believe starting. But you need both vaccinations. Actually, funny that we're talking about this. I had talked to a friend of the show, head coach Craig Dickinson, last night. Yeah. I was asking him to go for a round of golf. He's not back in Canada or Regina till July first. He's back July 1, so I think, would you say would camp start? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Okay, I thought it was... No, I just said you need both vaccinations. Yeah, though. and I believe camps are supposed to start around third week of July. So, good news for the CFL. We're, we're have, getting through this COVID thing. Have they announced about fans yet? I don't even... Not yet, no. Oh. No. Well, everything seems to be going upward, which is nice, so yeah. knock on wood. Okay, local talk. Big week this week. The Scotia Wealth Open, supposed to be the 18th annual. It's actually, well, it's supposed to be the 18th, but it's the 17th because last year, COVID. One of the best tournaments around. Biggest field this year ever, 84 players. Wow. Um, it's college players, amateurs, pros. Yeah, and it's just one of the best events around because, I mean, all, all the camaraderie at the golf course. And it's a little, what are you doing your face Sorry, there? Sorry, I didn't look. Here's my nose. Here's how doing this. What are you doing? Um, but, yeah, so it's a big event. Great golf course up there in Nippon. Yeah, I'm excited. We're, so, we're heading up there, half of us. I was going to ask, is the uh, host of the show playing in this tournament? I am. I'm teeing off 9 a.m., first group, with Ziggy, friend of the show, and Stephen Douche, I believe. Douche. Good dude. Are you excited? Very, yeah. Are you nervous? I don't get nervous for golf hey, tournaments. i got to ask. I mean, this is your first tournament in a year and a half. No, I played last year. We played a team when, event. When did the COVID stuff kick in? 
I played uh, what's it called here? Fraser Cup. Yeah, the Royal. Oh, right, right, right. But right, I didn't right. play a, a, a stroke play tournament yet last so year. So you obviously know the field a lot more than Daniel and I do. Yeah, well, a lot of them on the show though. Dean Brown. No, no, I know. Oh, sorry. It, 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 strong field. Very. Yeah. What's what? Okay, I never played in these tournaments. You can't obviously. play. No, but I never oh. did growing up. Oh. Daniel never did either. No. What do you see at the end of the day? What, what's the score to beat? <laughs> well, I, I know everyone listening and watching it has heard this multiple times, but two years ago, I shot 70. I was day one leader. Then I got you know, wasted and shot 81 the next day, but we'll leave it for another time. Hashtag but, in uh, one. Yeah, hashtag in one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, the course is gettable, but it seems to me like all the time, guys are around two under, three under. Like there's definitely a 64 there, and I think that's a record. But it's I don't know, maybe it's his first term of the year. A lot of jitters, a lot of guys get a little, you know, shaky. It's really tight up there, trees everywhere. Um, yeah, probably four under this year, five under. That's probably going low, low. But well, I know uh, Daniel and myself and Christian and Scotty D here were rooting for you, so shoot low. I think I always told you this growing up when you're in your tournaments. Uh, don't make bogeys, make birdies. I know it sounds easy. Sounds incredibly easy. Still use that <laughs> mentality. No, I'm just giving you a little advice, older brother advice. Don't make bogeys, make birdies. So. And then I remember Dad always used to say, "Don't if you don't finish, oh, if you're not first, you're last." And he's like, "I always say that." I'm like, "Yeah, Ricky Bobby says that, Dad." Yeah, that's off a movie. So. There, uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah. When I so, wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. <laughs> yeah. So big event, June 5th and 6th. And you're gonna give us score updates, I assume. Yeah. So that's thanks, Dan, for bringing that up. Uh, Christian and I. Going up there, we're doing pre-show interviews. We're going to do one with the head pro of the golf course, talk about it, you know, basically like the golf channel. And then after, I, that's why I'm playing first, so I can be behind 18 green. And then the lowest guy in each group will come off over and be like, you know, hey, we're here with Dan today, you know, let's talk about your round, this and that, blah, blah. So it's going to be kind of cool, 35-second interviews. We'll do 28 of them. It'll be collabed, thrown on Facebook. Uh, so everyone that's back home, family, friends can watch it. Well, I, yeah. I know I wish I could be there, but I got to go back to work. Yeah. My holidays were moving. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately I can't be there cause I think it'd be a blast to be honest. Yeah. Plus, I, I kind of wanted to carry your bag. You know, I wanted to be out there and I don't mean that sexually <laughs> for everyone out there listening and watching. I mean, carry his golf clubs, you know, here's a seven iron. Drew says, give me my pitching wedge. <laughs> Drew puts the pitching wedge in the hole. You're fired. Yes. So, uh, no, yeah, no. Good, good luck out there, Drew, and and to all of our listeners that are yeah. uh, and our previous guests. Yeah, all yeah. the guys that are playing, and it, like I said, it's a fun event. We're excited. I, I told Dean, who's one of our guests today, Prosky, um, you know, I, I said this must be the biggest field ever. He goes, Well, it is. I said, Well, it's probably because we're covering it down there. So uh, <laughs> we're going down there to do some interviews. We gave a lot of the guys that don't get a lot of TV Aren't time. You going up there? Up there. Wait, sorry. Just checking. Um, yeah, just to talk. You know, give these guys that don't get TV time or photo time or just because they are good golfers, but they're not pros, so they don't get a lot of, you know, golf channel right. style. So, but that's what we do here at Off Fossil. Right? This is we do. The locals so give back. Local and provincial golf. Uh, that's 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 why we're here doing this. So, all right, golf roundup in the PGA quickly here. This is running along. We have a long podcast today, which is totally fine with three interviews. But well, if you're driving up to Nipwin, you got lots of time to listen to it. Exactly. There it is. Look at that. Using his brain. Uh, Charles Schwab challenge at Colonial. Winner was Jason Kokrak, winning by two over Jordan Spieth. Choke. Was it a choke? But how good is he playing, though? He's playing really good, but, I mean, he should have had that tournament in the bag. Did you watch lots of it? No. I follow. well, <laughs> I followed the golf app. And I watched some, but, I, you know, always 
looking in on Abe, seeing how he's doing, and Abe wasn't so shit out himself, but he actually turned around. Been in, I can't. T14. T14, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Jordan should have won that tournament. Agree or disagree? You know, honestly, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I watched the last day. I mean, man, golf's so hard. Like, I don't think people understand how hard the game of golf is, and I know we all do. Like, we all, this is why we're doing this. We're not PGA players. But, man, like, he, he won three weeks ago. He's shooting consistently good scores. Jason Kokrak's a good player. So, I mean, to go down to the wire of those two, I mean, what he went by two. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jordan's good, and he's going to be good for the next, you know, coming years, I hope. It's funny you say golf hard, Daniel. <laughs> I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow with uh, a couple of friends to play Avonlea. Thank you, Brad. And uh, there will be some Instagram stuff put up there. I'm aiming to beat 85 now. If I'm shooting a cons consistent 85, I'm not playing on the tour. Nope. Not even close. There's no. no one looking at me. Golf's a very hard game, but it's a game that's just so enjoyable, and it's that one round or that one shot that makes you go, I want to play again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, you know that. You're very hard on yourself. I've watched you and played with you. You're very, very hard on yourself. And Just like, doesn't Doesn't make a 13-foot blah, 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 putt for birdie, and he's – throwing wrenches pretty much you know what i mean yep. it's just like dude if i was within 13 feet i'd be excited you know yeah so anyways yeah that was just another little ramble that's good no uh rip off the canadians uh michael glegic was cut Corey connor's t20th nick taylor t62 mackenzie hughes was cut and adam hadwin friend of the show t8 and as troy and i just mentioned abraham answer was t14th and a quick side note for all you Twitter trolls out there that think you're so smart and so tough behind the screen, uh, cousin Dale Valley, back on the back on the bag this week in Germany. Can't caddy in the states. It says the Twitter trolls that don't have brains, uh, don't know how to read, and Dale can't leave. It's visa issues. Visa issues. So you know what? Dale's going back on uh, the caddy for for uh, He's Abe. There. Yeah, he arrived. They got there. off the plane yesterday, and Abe's doing like a little little shimmy, and like, they're bros. So yeah. like they're they're good buddies. He's excited. They're they're in Germany, where I want to go so bad one yeah. day. Uh, I'm excited to watch that event. Yeah, I mean, good for Dale. You know, we hear it a lot more than everybody else because it's family. Oh, Dale got fired. Dale got canned. It's just like they don't know. They don't know half. Yeah. what's going mm -hmm. on. It's it, it's an American working visa issue is what's happening. Yeah, and I don't know the logistics of it, but apparently he can travel to other countries and do this. Yeah, so just not in the states. I know yeah. Abe plays a few tournaments outside the United States, so. Dale, Dale is back with Abe. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of time when the visa goes through. So yeah. uh, we're rooting for Dale, we're rooting for Abe. And, uh, and of course, we'll always be licking his boots, yeah. whether Dale is on his bag or not on his bag. I know, I know. But it's, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping for just the W. cowards, all of them. Why? Twitter trolls and Instagram. You can't trolls. read them. Oh, yeah. You can't read them. Yeah, yeah you're one of those guys that reads the comments. Oh, I, ha yeah. I have to go back and like. Wait till we're blue check. I have dude. to read it and like, who's this guy? Oh, it doesn't have a name. Correct. Right. Yeah, wait, wait till we're blue check mark. Do you think it's bad now? Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Okay. This week, the Memorial. Not as many guys that are playing this past week. A guy that I actually uh, direct messages uh, or emailed today is personally Harry Hague just playing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get Harry on the show. I think he'd be a beauty. Double being, H. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. There's a photo actually the other day, this morning I was looking at. It's like what I feel like I look like on the golf course and what I actually look like. It's like, it's like Brooks Capcom and then it's Harry Higgs. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm like, I think I look like Brooks and I'm like, I probably look more like Harry Higgs. But um, yeah. I've got a question. Shoot. U.S. Opens what? Next week? No. 
oh man, don't put me in the spotlight. That yeah, would be. It's either next week or the week after. <laughs> wires across. It's, it's next week or, or the week after. Wires crossed. If I'm the PGA, are you not setting up opening round one tee off times, Deshambo and Kepka oh. in the same group? Well, yeah. Could you t- imagine the media that's going to bring? Oh, yeah. The TV ratings. The, the guys that don't watch a lot of golf that know kind of, you know, because they're on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and they're going, oh, these guys don't like each other. They would check in for sure. They would watch. <laughs> Why aren't they? Uh, shit, it's like a pay-per-view. I would be announcing it right now. Two weeks <laughs> before the tournament starts. Deshambo, Kepka, fight night, you know, <laughs> round one. Yeah, um, I mean, they probably could be doing that, doing that. They don't like each other. Well, I've been see, watching on Twitter, and it's just they're back and forth at each other. See, now I don't know now because I was I checked into you know Benny Heber, his you know friend of the show. They have a podcast now with Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Ben, and they had Max Home on, and, and Max said, "I'm not really like close to those guys, but I he goes, I think they do it for entertainment. Like they actually like he doesn't know if they don't like each other. And I think they don't, but I think they do it just like." Just to get people so fired Almost up about like it. Almost like a WWE yeah. thing. Like okay. it's like, well, but I, could, like, I like that perspective of Max because he doesn't really know those guys too well. So come from him who's on the tour and traveling around those guys and playing, yeah. he probably hears a lot more than... Maybe we'll text Hads after the podcast <laughs> and get some info. What do you think? Sure. Adam Hadwin, by the way. Hads. I'm on a short name basis here. <laughs> or Peps. Peps, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, do you want to bring that up? Oh, what a joke. The uh, RMU? Phil so I, I didn't know Kyle Peters, uh, caddies for Mark Hubert. Uh, he went to RMU, what's it called, Robert Morris University. Okay. So they canceled the men's and women's ice hockey teams, and they've only won everything in the last 10 years. And they just basically canceled the programs. And I mean, I don't know why I brought it up, but I mean, I just to help Peters, he told me to retweet it the other day. And a lot of people are pissed, though, because he used to give a lot of money to back to like the alumni program and stuff. And yeah, a lot of people are pissed. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I know what was that about. Sweet. Nice why, did they, why did they cancel it? There cancel was like, literally, I didn't see any reason why. And then the one of the chairman board members, he left because he had no idea what was happening. He let, he dropped off the board. And, poor management maybe or something. Yeah. So, right. and I know people that have went there besides Peters that played hockey there and whatnot. So I feel for you guys. And I mean, they're done now, but still, as an alumni, it's probably tough. Anything else, boys? No. I don't know. What do you got for me? Need me to do an ad? Not quite yet. But checking. I'll just jump off our three guests today, and then we'll we'll do an ad for you. Absolutely. All right, we have three three guests on today, and I like obviously I said fully loaded podcast. First up, we have Dean Prosty, the tournament chairman of the Scotia Wealth Open for the 17th annual this upcoming weekend in Nipawin, Saskatchewan. Followed by Tori Coglin, our sassy golf insider, formerly known as Outsider Tommy. Oh, the people know now. People know. Tori came on last night, all the way down from Alabama. He likes to roast you privately to me. I know. Oh, weirdo. <laughs> uh, he has won the Nipuin event in the past. And then followed by our good friend Brian Munns, longtime uh, hockey broadcaster, uh, a fellow Queen City kid, doing his own podcast now, and now new, newly appointed director of golf operations in, uh, for Golf Manitoba. So three interviews, fully loaded golf. We talked a little bit of hockey with Brian Munns, obviously, with he still does some stuff for the Jets. And... Yeah, Troy. It's three. How long is the podcast today? It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a hefty one, boys. Listen to it <laughs> while you're driving up to Nippon. I mean, for those that are playing there. Um, 84, yeah. Turn speaking it on. of Nippon, after your round of golf, 
I'm going to crush a if cold you're thirsty. bevy. This podcast is brought to you by Molson Canadian. Molson Canadian is introducing the Stanley Cup batch for a limited time in six-pack bottles. Each batch is passed through the Stanley Cup Bowl, bringing you closer to your hockey dream. Drink Molson's. Leafs don't have a hockey dream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. What a way to end the, pod, the intro into the podcast this week. First up, Brian Munns. Hope you guys enjoy it. This podcast is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. Try Rebellion Zilla IPA, a bold, hoppy West Coast IPA that's bitter with tropical aromas and flavor. Rebellion aged their Zilla in a gin barrel from LMD for three months and released this gin barrel IPA as a taproom special. Located in Lumpson, Saskatchewan, Last Mountain Distillery. No questions asked. Alrighty, we are pleased to have on today from Saskatchewan. He's a longtime hockey broadcaster involved in sports for a long time now. And now the new director of golf operations of Golf Manitoba, Brian Munz. Uh, Munzee, thanks for the podcast today, man. Anytime, Drew. Good to chat uh, golf, a little bit of hockey. It's a great time of the year, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's starting to you know, kind of open up down here in the Saskatchewan side of things. And we're going to talk about a little bit what's happening in Manitoba here, because I want to know your knowledge of it and obviously being in that seat. But first, I want to talk about your new job and, you know, being the golf operations guy in, in golf Manitoba. Um, let's just talk about, you know, you, you've been you've been there for, you know, a few months now. Yeah, it, uh, it's been really something that, uh, you know, I guess three or four months ago I would have never, ever thought of because, we were all focused on the hockey world, and then, unfortunately, when TSN Radio came to conclusion here in Winnipeg, needed to look at something new, and I love golf. Like, I've been infatuated with the game since I was a kid and was literally just kind of thinking about, okay, what can I do next, and started brainstorming some ideas and uh, reached out to their executive director, Jared Latterbrook, because I knew they didn't have a communications person, and I knew with my experience being on the other side of it from a media standpoint that the last 15 years that I'd lived in Winnipeg, there hasn't been a lot of talk about Golf Manitoba, their championships, and just overall growing the game. And as you guys know, and everybody in Canada right now, as we go through the pandemic, golf is one of the things that we can do safely right now, whatever your restrictions are in each province. I know we're a little bit tighter here in Manitoba than what it is in Saskatchewan right now, and and other provinces are going through their own things. So, you know, take advantage right now of how big the game is and then continue to grow that for years to come. So it's been a great, I think you're right, six, seven weeks, whatever it's been since uh, I've taken over this role as director of communications, and I've loved every minute of it so far. And I've got a chance to still dabble in the hockey world and doing some stuff for NHL Network and on the Rod Peterson show this week. So uh, those hockey connections are never going to go away. And I think you know this too, Drew, that uh, yeah. hockey and, and golf go hand in hand. So it's it's really been a perfect fit for me so far. Loved it. Awesome. Well, I kind of want to ask a question here, and I've, I've already seen it in Saskatchewan and other provinces too. You know, with golf being so, you know, productive and it's growing like crazy because it's, I mean, only thing you could do for a while with the pandemic some tournaments have been canceled, you know, whether it's not giving up tee times anymore because they want to cater to the people that want to play, whatever it is. I don't know the full logistics of it. How do, how do we keep, I mean, in, in, in your role, 
how do we keep the game of golf growing toward more tournament play and keeping everyone playing that's playing golf now, you know, moving forward when the pandemic's over? Well, I think it starts right from your grassroots. It, it starts right with your junior program. And I know that's one thing that, uh, you know, we've worked hard on with uh, Golf Manitoba and, and being involved with, I think we have 71 member clubs right now where you reach out to each of those individually. And, and one of the first conversations that they seem to come back with right away is, wanting to make sure that the young kids are getting involved and really love to grow the game. And it's not even necessarily just scoring, but getting out and just enjoying the fact you can be outside for four or five hours during the pandemic and in a time where we've really, I think, all spent too much time inside where you get a chance to get outside and enjoy the sunshine and bang the ball around whatever score you end up shooting. It, uh, it's great for everybody moving forward. So... I don't know if I would necessarily say it's all about tournament play, but, but that's a big part of it. But at the end of it, I think grassroots right now and, and getting the recreational side is, is just as important as it is the competitive side of it. And, you know, we've had to move back uh, one event so far. Our match play championship was supposed to be going this weekend, actually, and we've pushed it back until August just to, you know, do things right because, yeah. uh, you know, where we are right now, you know, things are starting to, to trend back here in the right direction. I know you guys are open a lot more than we are here. But, uh, you know, if everybody does their part, we get our vaccinations and, and continue to social distance, which you can do in golf and, and handle the events right, that, uh, you know, we'll be able to play just like they did last year during the pandemic now here in the summer of 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I kind of want to touch on what you just mentioned on the grassroots, and, and that's so important. And I think I'm a huge, and I'm a you know supporter of junior golf because I, I grew up doing the same thing. And you know, you know, starting this podcast, you know, I, I see the guys at the golf course, the young juniors, and you know, I think creating a fan base, which which is awesome. One, but two, seeing them play, and you know, not caring what they shoot or, or whatever it is, and you know, and I, I watched your uh, the show this week with Rod. And you mentioned uh, you and your son went out, and I think he shot a 123. I could be wrong, but either way, <laughs> like that's super cool. Like I mean, he's playing the game, and you know whether he shoots 400 or shoots 65, like that's so important. I think to grow the junior program uh, because down the road we won't have any players playing if junior golf is not a thing. Well, and that's how I got into it, right? Like I remember being a young guy in Regina, and I remember. I don't remember how I played, but I remember my dad taking me to the Tor Hill golf course. Like yeah. that's where I remember for the first time, you know, swinging the clubs and, and going out with my dad and hanging out. And, you know, I, I remember not playing all the holes. I remember just kind of jumping on the cart, riding around, but getting a chance to swing the sticks and hit the ball a little bit. And then where it really took off for me was upon endless summer, we'd always go up to Waska Sioux for three weeks of our summer vacation. And, We'd have putting contests on the practice green, and then you'd hit the driving range, and then you'd go for ice cream after, right? <laughs> so that was a huge part of, of my vivid memories being a youngster. And I'm in my 40s now, and I still love going back to Waska Sioux and doing the same thing, right? So yeah. I think that's where you get kind of a grasp on the game. And, and again, it's, it's not what you shoot score-wise, but it's just kind of the whole aura of the game and then obviously watching it on television now and, and how they've been able to grow the game and you look at it through social media and, and all the different stars that are there in the game of golf and obviously Tiger Woods kind of took things to a brand new level and now you've got the Rory McIlroys and the Dustin Johnsons and the Justin Thomases and you've got the DeChambeau 
rivalry right now. So, you know, there's so much to talk about in the game that I think that we're, uh, we're in a really exciting place right now where golf is, is up there with hockey and baseball and basketball and football. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong there at all. Uh, you know, I mean, you touched on tournament play in you know in Manitoba, and you know the guidelines are a little different than here. Uh, and for me, who doesn't know a whole lot about a lot of the golf tournaments that go on there, you know, I played a few, and I played in Shiloh, I believe, one time in a I don't know what it was a CN FutureLink event, great course. Um, but just touch on some of the events that do go on in, in golf Manitoba. I mean, maybe some that you know some players from here could you know travel down there once this is all over. But yeah, just talk about that. Well, I think all the provinces are kind of set up the same. And I know Brian Lee and, and Clark Stork and, and their staff right now with Golf Saskatchewan kind of have the same deal where you've got the amateur and you've got on both the men's and the women's side, you've got the senior side, you've got some junior events, uh, you've got a match play event. And, and then other provinces may have a little bit more, a little bit less, but it's a feeder system into Golf Canada and then getting a chance to play it at national events. So those are obviously a little bit more pointed towards your your very talented golfers, but I think there's also more of a, a push right now to get a little bit of that recreational side or the net in where, you know, we talk so much inside the Golf Canada umbrella about being a member where you get your handicap, and if you've got your handicap, then you can take part in these events. Well, then maybe you use a little bit more net where if you're a two handicap and I'm a 12, we can go and play in the same event where yeah. I can still have some fun and there's actually going to be a little bit of pressure on you because if you don't use the handicap, it's over before it starts. Yeah. Right. So I think there's, there's an opportunity there where everybody can grow the game and, you know, never know down the road, maybe uh, have a little bit of a, a fun rivalry. I know it used to happen in years past between Saskatchewan and Manitoba and you'd get groups of guys going back and forth and, Maybe that's something that we could get over the next few years, kind of going again when when the borders open, first and foremost. But uh, overall, you know, again, I think it's just an opportunity to to grow the game and, and have fun and, and just enjoy what you're doing playing golf. Yeah, that was actually one thing. As you just mentioned, that I was curious to know if there actually ever was maybe a you know a top eight from Saskatchewan, a top eight from Manitoba, a top eight from Alberta and, and BC kind of thing. And maybe there is kind of a match play thing. Like that would be kind of cool to see, you know, who's the best in, in the you know Western Canada. Like that'd be super cool to see. And maybe maybe there is a way that we could do it down the road because I think it'd be kind of cool to see where everyone's talent is at. Obviously, they have the Canadian mids and, and men's and, and all that, but maybe a match play format style. Yeah, that would be fun. There's no doubt. Like you think of the Lobstick and Waskasu. Obviously, they've got the Tamarack here at Clear Lake, which are are two of the really big respective match play golf tournaments in both provinces and uh and yeah it would be fun and i guess it kind of likens to where we are right now with the scotia north division at the nhl you hear the seven canadian cities always barking at each other who's got the <laughs> best team and you know those things are kind of being whittled down down in what's been uh, obviously uh you know a remarkable year in the nhl so we'll see maybe uh, maybe something is to be able to happen down the road but uh you know, obviously, we've got to get a lot of uh, things medically happen before any of those things could uh, even start to get into a legitimate conversation. But I agree. Uh, being a, a Saskatchewan guy and living here in Manitoba now for the last, uh, what's it been, 15, 16 years, that it would be fun to have some bragging rights just like we do <laughs> with uh, the Riders and the Bombers and the Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl. Absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned handicap, and I want to know how your golf game is these days, how much you're playing, and... 
Of course. What's your handicap, Munzee? Well, I would have really liked to have this conversation last year <laughs> because I got down to a career low. My index was 4.9, which was really good for me. Nice. And I, I'm struggling right now. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I've, uh, I've only been out five times, and the inconsistency for me is, is kind of taking a little bit of a beating on it. So I think I'm around a 6.7 right now. Um, and you know, just early season doldrums, I guess we'll call it a little bit, but uh, I love getting out there and we're starting to get some decent weather here as well. I yeah. think just like you guys are. It's uh, so windy here though. Around 30 or, yeah, even, well, that's living on the prairies though. When we're True. finding that here in Winnipeg, that there's not a lot of days where there isn't a lot of wind. So you have to kind of adjust and, and learn how to play there. But, uh, you know, hopefully as, uh, as the summer warms up here, I'll get a chance to play a little bit more consistently like I have in years past because uh, I've been pretty fortunate. I probably average between 40 and 50 rounds a year. So uh, nice. I love to get out and play the game. I was curious to know, like, like when you're playing it in, in Manitoba now, like, can you play in a foursome or, or what are the rules on that? Uh, right, right now, overall, you can't. Okay. Uh, the provincial guideline that's in effect until June 12th is you can only play with individuals from your own household, and uh, it's the same. Like we're locked down here right now. You can't have people over to your house. Uh, there's no in dining right now at restaurants. You can do pickup. Uh, they'll deliver to you. But uh, yeah, for another another week and a half here or so, we are tight and uh, just trying to bend the curve back here to uh kind of take some stress off the hospitals and and the medical fields here right now that are obviously uh, extremely overwhelmed wow okay well i hope you guys did get through that i mean we're hoping that you know we're trying i mean we're in a little ahead of you guys but i mean we're hoping that we stay this way and, and keep you know going um the trend in the right way um but Munzi, i do yeah, want to talk sure. some hockey with you uh, you know, now your current home team or hometown is, you know, Winnipeg. They went four straight, and I'd imagine a healthy and rested up, you know, waiting to find out who they play. Um, you know, what do you know about the Jets in round one? I mean, you know, I've, before you, you, you answer that question, you know, I, I coach hockey, and, you know, when I, our first year we were a second-place team in the division, and we lost four straight. So we were exactly like the Oilers. You know, we, we didn't get out of the first round. I'm just curious to know. You know, first off, on the Jets, like I'm, a, I like the way they play. They're heavy, they're mean, uh, and they can score, and they're a pretty good team. So I just want to know your thoughts on the Jets in round one, and you know what's going to happen in uh, in round two here. Well, as you know, every good coach has a good goalie, and that's yep. the way it started here with uh, with Winnipeg for sure. He's the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, and you know Connor Hellebuck was fantastic in that opening round, and. There was so much talk going into the playoff series about how the Jets were, and they weren't very consistent in the last six, seven weeks of the regular season. And I think that was well documented all the way through where they went on a long losing skid, and then I think that maybe got blown out of proportion a little bit more. And as we talked earlier on about kind of the whole thing of being watching what, what's going on in Canada yeah. is, uh, you know, that whole thing kind of got going. So, when when they kind of got on that run going the wrong way, I think everybody just thought, okay, the Jets are going to lose real quick in their opening round. And then, actually, they ended up winning, I think it was three of their last five. And if you want to include the four-game sweep of Edmonton, I think they've won six of their last eight or yeah. something along those numbers anyway. It's close to that. 
But, uh, you know, they started to really go in the right direction at the right time. And they've got a good team. Like, their top 12 forwards I would put up against most teams, uh, especially in Canada right now with the depth. Uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff, Plain Lake Saskatchewan guy. Uh, Adds some veterans like Trevor Lewis, who won a couple of cups in Los Angeles. Adds Nate Thompson as their fourth-line center. So Paul Maurice can use that fourth line maybe a little bit more this year than what he has in years past. And, And then you look at the top nine, who are fantastic all the way through, and they were able to get Nikolai Ehlers and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois back healthy into game three when the series came back to Winnipeg here. So that helped. And, and on the other side of it, you know, Dave Tippett, Mooseman, Saskatchewan, really only had Leon Dreisaddle, Darnell Nurse, and then Connor McDavid going. Everybody else, to me, in watching every minute of that series, didn't play up to par. So yeah. when you've only got three guys going, it's, it's pretty tough. Mike Smith played okay. But Connor Hellebuck was obviously better, and that's kind of where it came down to it for me. So it's going to be uh, very intriguing to see what happens here in round two for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and obviously Troy's not here today. He's a big Oilers fan, and you know he was upset, but also knew you know what, kind of how they lost and why. You know, and I think, and I want to ask you this. I'm sure you talked with you know uh, Paul Maurice about this. I mean, their game plan. You know, and I, I think I would coach the same way. If they have two players that are, you know, that dominant in the game, you go after them all night, and you make their life not fun to play the game. And I think the Jets did that very well. Or, or am I wrong? No, you're right. They did, but for the most part, as we saw through the 56 game regular season schedule, and then the last number of years that he's been in the league, yeah, not a lot of teams have been able to successfully stop Connor McDavid yeah. because he's that good. The area that really came to light for me in the playoffs was, you know, he was the guy that turned over a bad goal in game three and a bad goal in game four, which really hurt their hockey club. Yeah. So, like, he's magic in the offensive zone, but there's some work for him in the other 100 feet of ice that he has to get better on. And you think of the opening game in the Vegas-Colorado series in which the Avalanche dominated the Golden Knights how good Nathan McKinnon was. And that's been water cooler conversation right now that if you were starting a team, would you rather have Nathan McKinnon or would you rather have Connor McDavid? And I'm leaning towards having McKinnon because for me, he makes everybody on the ice better. Not saying that McDavid doesn't. I'm not starting to start a fire in that (laughs) regard by any means. But to me right now, Nathan McKinnon is a little bit more of a complete player than what Connor McDavid has been able to be as of late. And uh, that's probably why I take number 29 on my team. But, you know, the one thing, and I know you were talking, you've got an Oiler guy on your show, and, and there's a lot of them on the prairies, is you've got to give a player like Darnell Nurse, who in that last game played over 60 minutes. Oh, it's incredible. All the credit in the world for, for what he was able to do. Like They've got a lot of good pieces there in Edmonton, but I go back to the beginning of this abbreviated calendar is I didn't have Edmonton in the playoffs. They were not one of my top four teams going in. So the fact that they finished second place, I think everybody should be excited about that. But there's also a piece of it here right now where they've got to figure out some of the missing pieces too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Munzee, I do have two more hockey ones for you. The first one, you know, as a hockey guy yourself, you know, the Oilers this offseason, you know, what are some of their biggest, 
you know, priorities? You know, is, is it rebuilding, getting guys for McDavid? I mean, does he, you know, do they need a goalie? I think they need a goalie. Um, you know, I want your insight on, you know, what the others have to do or should do in, in the offseason here. Well, I think they need more depth. There's no question about that. I'd be okay with Mike Smith as my goalie. And I know listening to their year end that, uh, you know, I think Ken Holland and, and he and Dave Tippett, who obviously coached him in Arizona, are very familiar with him. I think, you know, he's he's a very suitable netminder in the NHL. And I thought, again, I thought he was fine in the playoffs, but the other guy at the other end was better. Yeah. And right now he's the best goalie in the NHL based on the fact that he's got the Vezina sitting on his mantle now. People will say Andre Vasilevsky and Carey Price in Montreal, and you know you can have an argument about all of those guys. And if you're their defense lawyer, you have a great opportunity to stand up and say, "No, my guy is better than Hellebuck." But uh, you know, Connor was better than what Mike was in those four games, and and that was the difference along with the rest of the depth for Winnipeg. So I think that's the key word for Edmonton right now is they need to be able to support the likes of McDavid and Drysaddle and Nurse and get a little bit more out of Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, and players like that, that that you really expect for them to to carry the mail. And obviously having a, a healthy Oscar Clefbaum would be uh, a big piece for them on the back end as well, who they didn't have this year for the majority. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Munzee, now that we're into round two, you know, who do you like? You know, top four teams that are going that way. Like, I mean, what do you like? And who do you see in the cup final? Well, it's interesting if you want to look at a whole scenario, big picture like that, because there's so much hockey left to be played. And, you know, you've got the injuries, you've got momentum in series. But, you know, I like, and I don't want to sound like a homer here, but just based on what the Jets were able to learn back in 2018, I think that was huge for them to be able to go through a seven-game series against Nashville, be able to win game seven on the road against the Predators, they ran out of gas against Vegas in that next series when they did get into the Western Conference Finals. So yeah. I think that's big for them. And then, you know, as we talked earlier on, nobody's expecting Colorado to sweep the Vegas Golden Knights in their current series, despite the fact that they dominated them by six. But, you know, I think Ryan Reeves made a huge mistake in the way that he handled that whole thing. Like, yep. I think we all knew that he had to go out and do something, and he was going to. But going over the edge... And now, you know, really taking any of that fear factor away for Colorado because, you know, he's not really a piece of the series here, that uh, that, that was a big loss for them. So I still like Winnipeg, Colorado coming out of the West. And, uh, you know, from an East standpoint here right now, I don't know. I'd love to see the New York Islanders make a run. Yeah. But Boston is going to give them everything they can handle. And, as defensive as the Islanders play, I don't know if you can keep that Boston team off uh, the score sheet from scoring enough goals. It's hard to go against the defending champs coming out of the East. It really is. I think Tampa's going to have a chance to, to play for a Stanley Cup again. And then if I had to come right down to it, um, you know, Winnipeg and, and Colorado going up against Tampa in the final would be uh, a pretty good Stanley Cup. And obviously we'd love to see it here north of the border and have some Canadian bragging rights for sure for our country. Well, Munzee, you know, I have, I have a hard time doing this. I have a hard time wrapping up interviews, and I forgot to ask, but I want to ask now, uh, your podcast, can we, can we chat about it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, t- I mean, let, let us know what it's all about. Yeah, so, you know, what I've done, and, 
and as much as we've talked about golf and this thing for me, I'm obviously so very much involved in uh, in the hockey world. So Jetstream is something that I put together after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, and especially with some of the games in the opening round there uh, <laughs> against Edmonton that were the 8.45 local time starts. And, you know, they had the double <laughs> overtime game. It didn't end until 1.08 in the morning. It, uh, it's an opportunity for a lot of people as soon as the game's over they want to go to bed. So for me, it's uh, it's a recap of the game the night before and uh, whether people are listening to it uh, as we record it and put it together online late at night around midnight or if they're listening to it on the uh, on their phone or on their laptop and work the next office, uh, it's called Jetstream. It's uh, presented by Breezy Bend Country Club, one of our member clubs for Golf Manitoba. And, uh, you know, it's just a recap of the game that the Jets have played the night before with uh, head coach Paul Maurice and, and some of the players after the game. So it uh, gets you up to date and lets you know what the players and coaches think the night after a game, hopefully after a win, but uh, some nights after a loss as well. Awesome, Munzi. Well, first off, I appreciate you coming back on today. Um, stay in touch. When the borders open up, let's, you know, whether I'm coming there or you're coming down here, let's play some golf. Uh, you know, we're both tailor-made athletes. Whether you like hearing that or not, we're both athletes and tailor-made golf players. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, Munzee, and stay in touch, and, yeah, take care. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the time again, Drew. Very much appreciated. And uh, just real quick, yep. uh, for everybody as well that's in the province, we wanted to let everybody know that uh, yesterday on Tuesday, the uh, registration opened for the general public for our annual Connexus Credit Union Humboldt Broncos Memorial Golf Tournament that Colorado Avalanche head coach Jared Bender and I host in this year, our event at the Humboldt Golf Club is August 13th and 14th, uh, the two days, the Friday, Saturday. We're doing individual tee times this year. So from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m., there's 10-minute uh, intervals for golf. So if you want to come out and uh, obviously help us honor that 2017-2018 Humboldt Broncos team, uh, you can come out, join us for a round of golf. Again, Jared and I will be there and a bunch of the Bronco families as well. And uh, it's it's a fun weekend. It's a tough weekend for everybody when we get together and uh, and remember everybody that was involved in the bus accident. But uh, if you've got some time in the month of August, uh, feel free to register. Give the Humboldt Golf Club a call, and uh, you can book your tee time. And if you can't get in, uh, put your name on the waiting list because there's always a little bit of movement between now and August. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see everybody out in Humboldt in August. Right. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I knew I had one point. I knew I had one last question. I always say last question. That's what a podcast should be called, last question with Drew. But uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Munzee, like I said, uh, stay in touch, and you know I, I hope the borders open up soon and you guys are all staying safe down there, and we'll get out in golf soon. Sounds good, Drew. Take care. Chat anytime. Yep, you bet. Hey, our friends at TaylorMade are doing great work. If you don't believe me, just listen up. I have the new Sim 2 Max driver and the new Sim 2 irons. These things are incredible. I couldn't be happier. It's the truth. It's time you make the switch to TaylorMade today. I mean, if it works for Dustin Johnson, it must work for you. Team TaylorMade. Alrighty, we're pleased to have on today to talk about the upcoming event that is held in Nipawin, Saskatchewan at one of the most, maybe nicest courses in the province, uh, Evergreen Golf Course, no free ads. Uh, Dean Prosty. Thanks for joining the podcast today, man. Hey, how's it going, Drew? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, Good. we're four or five days away from getting going down to Nippon. I'm excited. Uh, I know I know you're probably excited, but also 
you, you're probably pretty busier now, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's it's the kind of the calm before the storm here, but you usually get some draw, you get some uh, some draw changes. So we end up uh, redoing the draw three or four times. Some player changes this last week, as there always are, and uh, that comes with the territory. People's uh, just different players here and there have to have to change for some reason, but it's all good. We got a great field this year, and uh, just want to make sure we put on a good show for everybody, and it'd be good to see everybody after a year off. Yeah, absolutely. Can you confirm the first tee off yet? Who's in the first group? I I know you're in it actually, <laughs> and then I'm going to leave the other two to be named later. How about that? Oh, we'll okay, you, exciting. You in the first group, the honorary uh, right off the bat. <laughs> I love yeah, it. So, and if you don't play well, play fast is what I always say. So there we go. Well, I've never heard that one before to me yet, so I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Kay, I want to talk about it. Obviously, the 17th, Scotia Wealth Open. Uh, it's supposed to be the 18th due to COVID. Um, but first off, you know, what are you most excited for, I guess, is you know having the 17th annual uh, Scotia Wealth this year? You know what? It's just it's kind of fun to see all the players come every year. We got uh, this year's uh, field is really second to none, and it's you know getting the quality players we get every year at the event. Uh, to me, seeing everybody, I haven't seen a lot of these people in probably over a year. It's going to be two years this uh, this coming June this week, so it's nice to see everybody, see the faces, but see some great golf. I mean, it's fun to see the young guys come and the middle guys and the pros and uh, everybody in between that that come to the event every year. That's that's a special thing for me is seeing everybody. And then I really enjoy our honorees every year, uh, honoring uh, the past players and the builders of the game that uh, unfortunately passed away this past year. And I like giving acknowledge to them every year as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, th- th- this event is great for, you know, I think the camaraderie around everyone there, you know, they love being there. It's a, uh, you know, usually pretty good weather and, and it's just a fun track and you're up North and, you know, everyone comes from everywhere. It's, it's pretty cool to see, all the different people that come and, you know, leading to my next question. Uh, I believe it's an 84 ish man field. This yep, has to be one of the biggest fields. Hey, it is. We had 84 confirmed by February, which is very early, wow. uh, but we had 72 and we kept getting some quality guys want to play. And I said, okay, let's, let's take it to 84. It makes it easy for uh, all the threes. We can go threesomes and we're doing a crossover on day two. So that number kind of worked. Uh, it's, it won't be as much any more to run than 72, just a few extra people there. But, you know, with the COVID protocols we have, just making sure we don't have any people lingering around and that kind of stuff and set an example that's, uh, you know, that uh, of running a golf tournament. And that's kind of what we want to do is make sure we put on a great event and make it as a, an example for other events throughout the summer. Absolutely. Okay, well, that, you know, right into my next one here. You know, what do you think this means for golfers, sports, et cetera? You know, I mean, all those, all the sport guys, and girls, you know, that we can have a tournament, you know, finally after uh, what we've all been through. Well, so I know they had some tournaments last year, like they had the amateur and they had the northern amateur and some tournaments back. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we didn't uh, get to have our event last year. It was at a kind of a, a different kind of time. So, you know, people are really want to get together and play some competitive golf, see where their game's at and, and play a nice golf course. And it's the camaraderie where everybody, you know, doesn't really see everybody during the year and it's, again it's been a long time for a lot of people to put faces to names again so it's going to be a, it's going to be pretty fun and special to see everybody again after two years and it's nice to see everybody back and I can't thank all the players enough from Regina and Lloydminster and uh, PA we got players all across the province so it's really uh, it's special for me running the event and get to see everybody I do it for them it's fun 
Okay, so, you know, like being the tournament chairman, you know, being on, on that committee, you know, what sorts of procedures goes into getting this, you know, this high of an event, quality event together? I mean, and obviously with COVID protocols, you know, just let everyone know kind of what you've been doing behind the scenes and now and, and kind of what you expect um, going, going into the week. It just strictly on the COVID kind of thing. It's I guess it's no, you know, no watering around the, the golf course is what we want to do. We don't want to have... You know a lot of the crowds out there so we really want to make sure that it's it's spaced out and that's our main thing that i know it's a, it's a social event uh, which is still going to be a social event but we just want to make sure that everybody's uh, uh you know putting their thinking caps on when it comes to what we're doing here because we want to set a good example so but, you know about my committee you know devin ma ryan height scott allen and uh, derek talon uh, host pro at nip whenever green everybody kind of has their uh their their what they bring to the pie everybody has something they do yeah. Ryan takes care of this and Devin does a draw and I do this and everybody has it's kind of runs like clockwork but this year I think it's after taking a year off and coming back this year it's thinking okay I gotta remember this oh, did, I bring, did I bring a trophy polish just little things where you just kind of you don't want to forget anything yeah. so I always start loading up the car probably a week in advance of things that I don't want to forget and make the trip back home so but, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward. And the course is looking forward to hosting the event again. And uh, I think it was sadly missed last year by everybody. And it's nice to be back in the, in the limelight there a bit again. So 17 years, you know, obviously it's supposed to be the 18th. But, you know, when you when you guys started this, you know, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, you know, like I guess what was the process or, you know, like what made you oh. want to get a tournament going in Nippon, Saskatchewan? Well, Tyler, you know, Tyler, I love the golf course. And Tyler Baker was out there at the time. I said, Let, let's get a tournament going. Let's have a tournament. Yeah. And he said, and he just told me, he says, well, we got to, you, know, you just can't put it out there as a tournament. You got to, so I, I got on the blower and started calling players. And, and, and I still do that today. I still invite players to play and, and fill and fill your event and then fill your event with young players coming up and just try and, you know, you have to be proactive in, in filling your golf tournament. And that, that's kind of what we did from day one. I thought, I remember we had 45 or 50 guys. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be hard-pressed to get this. And then, then you're at 55, 64, and it kept growing every year. And, you know, it's just, it's being proactive with your event. I think if you stand still and don't want to, don't make any changes and just, you, you got to add different things here and there. And, you know, having you guys here this year off the hosel, uh, doing the interviews with with the players after the round and adding adding what you guys do and are going to bring to the event this year. It's just it's just it's fun. It's fun to do things outside the box to give uh, the players in Saskatchewan a different feel. And uh, you know we all we all enjoy that. So it's, it's just try to always take your game up to another level every year if you can. And uh, that's, that's all. Just things that make it special. And uh, that's kind of what we try to do. Awesome. Well, as you just mentioned, off the hosel, I, I know we're doing we're going down there this year. Half of the team's coming, but we plan to do some, you know, Golf Channel style, you know, pre uh, pre show, during show, after show, and then get some videos and stuff and pictures and whatnot for you guys in the tournament. Um, you know, and the idea behind that was, you know, the content and and showing some recognition to players that you know aren't sometimes pro golfers like the PGA guys. Because uh, there's a lot of your players, you know. I do want to ask you, and obviously, I'm sure you've talked with the uh, the committee. What are you most excited about that? I guess. With you guys being there. Yeah. You know, I, besides you, Drew. Besides <laughs> you actually going and signing jerseys for us. Actually, <laughs> what what I actually 
This just brings it to a whole new level. I mean, we got our scores uh, area, and then you guys are going to have some interviews with players after the round. I mean, that's something that, that you know, players don't get that. I mean, it's, it's fun. Low guy in each group. So if you want to interview us beforehand, we probably can do, but I'm playing with some <laughs> players that I know are going to kick my butt, so we'll leave it at that. But that, that's fun. It's fun to actually take it to another level. And as you mentioned, kind of like golf town and having some interviews and, you know what, I, I'm at the point where I would love to put on a headset and sit there and call the play-by-plays instead of playing, but I'm also keep playing while I can. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you got to play as long as you can. Uh, I want you to, you know, kind of go off of the chart here and, you know, give me three guys you think are five guys that are going to be in the mix to, to, to win this thing. You know what, I look at, I look at it. And there's so many guys that could actually... I think Remember this, though, Dino. I was day one leader two years ago. So. Oh, hey, to, to walk around day one leader, trust me, if, I walk, if I'm day one leader after round one, I'll be walking around all over the place, <laughs> going to everybody's hotel room, introducing myself, asking what everybody shot. Yeah, I'll be all over that. So, the You know what? There's so many good players. I mean, it's hard not to pick You know, some of the familiar names. I mean, Klukard, Stewart. I like Phil Jonas. Phil Jonas... Uh, is, is a great player. He's a, he's a professional as well. Pat, you know, Pat Marcia can defend this title. He's won it before. Yeah. We've got a lot of past champions. I mean, then last year's uh, Skatchin Amber champions can be right in there again. Uh, name, name, uh, oh, what's, uh, Campbell. Campbell's going to be right Ty, in yeah. there. Yeah, Ty Campbell. There's just, it's such a deep field, and that's just the, the part of it. I mean, you got Sloan, you got Matt Kamada, you got lots of different CPGA. We've got 12, 13 CPGA members this year. You, know, you got Clint Schiller coming from Lloyd Minister. He's going to be right in the thick of it. He lost the Pat in a playoff two years ago. You know, Jerry Christensen's in there. Like, it's just, there's so many guys that, that yeah. can win this event. Like, honestly, it's. I'm curious to see. It's always one or two under or three under is, is in the thick of it every year, and it should be in the thick, but you never know. I, no one's really, since Dean Brown won his second one, I think he was six under for the tournament, which which is a four shot win. But it's uh, there's a lot of guys here that have more than are more than capable enough to shoot the scores to win the event. It's just you know it, it is early in the year. It's first term of the year. People are a little jittery, probably me as well. So you know what you just uh, you just got to roll with it and see what happens. But there's a lot of guys actually. When I see some guy play well, it's never really a surprise because there's lots of great talent in this event as you shot your 70 a few years ago so yeah not a and big that deal. was not a surprise Drew. Drew. Not yeah a surprise standard I only lost a lot of money on that but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> well dino uh like i said you know i'm excited i know my, my team's coming down we're excited to get the work down there i'm excited to play um you know we love your event i know all the players i've talked to a lot of them they're very excited to get back to you know you know some some normalcy here um yeah. i don't want to keep it too long i know you're going to the range to practice up here um, <laughs> but I appreciate your time today, Dean, and, and, and we'll see you on, on Friday. Yeah, Drew, and uh, thanks for the call and uh, all that you guys do. and look forward to seeing you Friday. All the best. Drive safe. Sounds good. Thanks, Dino. Thanks, Drew. Take care. Bye. There it is. Dean Prosty, the chairman of the Scotia Wealth Open and one of, if not the best fields around uh, June 5th and 6th this coming week. So uh, stay tuned to lots of interviews that will be uh, taking place during the event uh, and will be posted online for you guys to watch and, and, and listen. So next interview is with Tori Coglin. He's down in Alabama. We're going to talk about Nipawin, Scotia Wealth Open, June 5th and 6th. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, our friends at TaylorMade are doing great work. If you don't believe me, just listen up. I have the new Sim 2 Max driver, 
and the new Sim 2 irons. These things are incredible. I couldn't be happier. It's the truth. It's time you make the switch to TaylorMade today. I mean, if it works for Dustin Johnson, it must work for you. Team TaylorMade. All righty, we are now joined by Tori Coglin all the way down in Alabama. Tori, uh, thanks for hopping back on the podcast, man. Drew, what's up, big boy? It's been a while. It has been. Uh, it's been a while. It's been. A, it's been a hot minute, as the kids are saying nowadays. Uh, but now we're finally here. The week of the Scotia Wealth Open, uh, June fifth and sixth, up obviously in Nippon at Evergreen Golf Evergreen Golf Course. No free ads. But it's time to now see where the top twenty-five guys were at. You know, see where everyone's games at. I know that everyone's been playing lots. Um, yeah, I mean. Obviously, you've played in this event before, and I believe you've won this tournament, correct? I did about a decade ago. Ten years ago. I don't know how to win anymore. Well, that's all right. You still uh, won. More than that. Shoot, 2000, I don't know, whatever, 2010 or something like that. All right. You won. That's all that matters. So you have experience of, uh, you know, playing in this event. You know, first off, I want to talk to you about it. Um, you know, what's one thing that you really enjoy about uh, the Scotia Wealth Open? Man, just... Just the com camaraderie of the tournament, like all the boys are there it's early in the year. It's usually, well, now that the Saskatoon amateur is later in the year, I think it might be the first tournament of the year, kind of, other yeah. than May Day. But all the boys are there. You're excited to see each other. And really, you're kind of locked into, I mean, not <laughs> nothing against Nippon. It's not exactly a booming metropolis. Everyone is kind of within two square miles of each other, so... Everyone's there. You're having fun together, you know, hanging at the golf course. They've got a great deck, awesome staff. It's just it's just phenomenal. And Dean and his guys, um, Devin and boo, I'm forgetting the other guy, sorry. Um, but anyways, they do a fantastic job, man. It's just such a good tournament and so much fun. The golf course is awesome. That's It's always in good shape. Yeah. So it's, it's just a blast, man. Okay, so I, I do want to talk to you about, you know, obviously everyone, everyone listening and watching, um, you know, 84-man field this year. Uh, there's, you know, a handful of pros, college players, some legit, everyone's a legit player in this event uh, besides myself. But I do want to, you know, ask you and everyone listening, you know, you've won this, you know, walk us through what you really think that players have to do to win this tournament. Don't make big numbers. That's it. Par is never a bad score. Because if you look at the scores, they're never that low. Yeah. And I feel like that course is really gettable. Like, I feel like there is a 64 up there, but no one ever does it, myself included. It's just because those doubles kind of lurk up and bite you once in a while. But, man, I, I'd say just don't take stupid mistakes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, obviously, like everyone knows now, like when we, you know, I started this, you know, in the pandemic and now we're here. You and I met through, you know, via phone call, and you know, we did the top 25. We chatted, and you know, we became good, uh, good allies through all this, and good friends. So I do want to talk to you about, with, with you knowing a lot of the players that are older than I am, you know, who do you really like this week? It's hard to go against the the, you know, the standard um, favorites. You know, you got Danny, Ty, is Kate in there? Yeah, I never heard of those guys. No. Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh yeah, Cade's in there, and and well, I can go on and on and on. Like 
straight down the list of 25. They're all deadly players. And then you've got some really good pros in there. John Greeno, Jerry Christensen, Pat Marcia, defending champ. Is that Dean good? Brown. Yeah, downtown. I don't, if, I don't know if he's going to get a golf or not. <laughs> downtown but, Dean Brown. I mean, there's a yeah, there's so many good players in this field, especially with 84. Like, it, there's legit. Oh, I just, see, I just saw Carl Parrington <laughs> throwback. Past champ of the Saskam. I don't know if you've heard of him because you're younger, but I have not. Man, no. there's le- there's legit probably thirty guys that could win this tournament, maybe more. Yeah, I'll look closer. Yeah, I know. There's definitely a lot of good players on this list, and you know, we just talked to Dean. You know, he's really excited for, looking forward to the whole event. Um, you know, 84 players. You know, that's exciting to see. And we asked him about you know what it means to get kind of sports back or, you know, even, even having a golf tournament. And he mentioned there was, you know, the Saskatchewan last year. But, you know, having another local event, I guess you'd say, on the Saskatchewan Tour, um, you know, having a nip one, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you're down down south. Things are moving a lot faster than us. But, you know, I mean, you have to say it's, you know, it's pretty exciting for the players, Yeah, you'd, you'd think. Man, I, I think it's huge for the boys, man. It's like the the whole pandemic. Obviously, we we've been over this a million times. It's it's been hard on everybody. Like, and just to get your mental sanity. Like, I've told so many people that ask about competitive golf, but like, I tell them it's like a drug. You can't get that high from anywhere else. Yeah. And everyone's suffering and only basically playing one tournament last year. Like, I think everybody is just chomping at the bit to get back. So. I'm so happy for all the guys that get to play in this tournament, and I'm, I'm jealous of them. Like, man, I wish I could be there. With If the border would open up, I would have. But, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. So, obviously, we've mentioned, you know, you and I have you know done a lot of these, you know, video calls or podcasts throughout the pandemic in the wintertime, creating this top 25. Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, I mean, we talked with Dean about us going down there and covering it kind of like the Golf Channel. And I'm probably going to call you at some point during the event for you know, a little pre-show or post-show uh, to you know to, uh, kind of uh, uh, update what you what's going on. But I do want to know like, what do you think that's like for those guys? Do you, you think they'll like it or no? Uh, I, I I think they do. I mean, it, the whole thing is obviously it's not like anything official. Not like it's going to get them into any tournament or keep them out of any tournament. I think the boys enjoy it. Um. And I think it's kind of fun. Like, gives kind of some some guys some things to shoot for, yeah. and uh, kind of keeps track of where guys are at. Because with with so few tournaments, I mean, with all these tournaments getting canceled, I mean, the order of merit is so limited on events that even have points. So we'll take care of that for them. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the top twenty-five now. This is Saskatchewan top twenty-five amateurs. Um, let's talk about the point system that we've created. Well, we're, it's going to be a little heavier after the announcements of a, a few tournaments getting canceled. So we're going to have quite high ratings for Nipawin. Um, probably double by ratings, I mean points. Yeah. Um, probably double that for the provincial events. And I don't, I don't even know what else is out there other than Nipawin and... Well, I think the Lobsticks the are Northern, going. Northern and Lobstick are going on. So they'll probably nickel in the lobstick and the northern will all be probably equal because they're all big tournaments, tons of good players at those. 
and then the provincial championship should probably have double those. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have it in front of you, let's chat about, you know, what are the points and what are available for Nipawin uh, this upcoming weekend? Nipawin, well, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't have the exact points. Um, but I can give you the standings going into Nipawin. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Rip, rip it off. All right. Starting from 25 up, we've got Corey Sealander, 25, Travis Fifi, 24, Ashley Zigeman, 23, Colin Coben, 22, Mike Hertberger, 21, Mark Sweeney, 20, Noah Kozak, 19, Ryan McNall, 18, Carson Harcourt, 17, Kyle Weeb, 16, Josh Nagy, 15, Brad Phelps, 14, Tyler Zaba, 13, Sean McNall, 12, Scotty Thompson, 11. Jeremy Ride, 10. And Tyler Wright, 9. Sean Dunphy, 8. Mitchell Matichuk, 7. David Stewart, 6. Justin Wood, 5. Roman Timmerman, 4. Kate Johnson, 3. Ty Campbell, 2. And Danny Klukart is leading. There it is, the top 25. That's our rankings, and we're going to continue to grow that. So those, some of those names will change and fall off because some guys aren't playing in the event. Uh, but here's your chance now, obviously, when listening to this and going into the event. I mean, and whether you want to be on it or not, uh, your play's in a show, you know, where you should be. So Tori and I will do some work on the, the back side of things and get some numbers put together. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what's, uh, what's all going to unfold. Actually, what we were going to do was make it kind of like a money format, like match it up with big PGA Tour events. So say, um, I don't know, I'll just pick out a random name here. Let's say uh, Chris Carley wins Nippowin, and the winner of this week is, you know, makes $1.4 million. He gets $1.4 million. We might do something like that. I don't know. We haven't decided fully. but Definitely so not in dollar value. And remember, all these points are not based on your – play they're based on where your peers rank you so yes but now moving if you forward wanna, if you want to go out and prove us wrong then prove us wrong yes exactly but now moving forward it will be played and that's where you be placed correct absolutely awesome well there's our insider tory coglin all the way down from alabama uh tory i thank you for coming on today and i will be in contact uh this weekend as we you know we'll be broadcasting golf just like uh you know, Jim Nance, but I'm nowhere in the same league as him. So I'm excited to play myself. Hopefully I play well, but excited to, uh, to bring some recognition to the guys that I feel really deserve to, uh, to be noticed. I appreciate it, Drew. Thank you. Go Leafs. Hey, our friends at TaylorMade are doing great work. If you don't believe me, just listen up. I have the new Sim 2 Max driver and the new Sim 2 irons. These things are incredible. I couldn't be happier. It's the truth. It's time you make the switch to TaylorMade today. I mean, if it works for Dustin Johnson, it must work for you. Team TaylorMade. All right, episode 74 of Off the Hosel. Another great trio of interviews. Dean Prosty, Tori Coglin, all the way down in Alabama, and Brian Munns. Yeah, a lot of fun with these three. We, we will see Dean this, this weekend coming up. Big golf tournament up in Nippon. Uh Boys, thoughts on the interview? I was always uh, happy to see Tori's magical mustache i mean man i wish i could grow that thing you guys are bros i know he likes to carve you like i said earlier he uh he sends me private messages about 
movie quotes that you don't know because you're too young and we're too old. So, yeah, no, it's good having Toria. Yeah, Brian, and thanks for thanks to Brian for coming on. Um, good luck to his uh, on his new job, right, Drew? Yep, new job. Yeah, director of golf operations, Golf Manitoba. They're getting things going up there. They're a little more tight knit, tight nipped. Was it nipped? Knit. Tight knit than we are down in Saskatchewan here. So hopefully. You know, I think this whole pandemic thing is going in the right direction, which is nice. We're seeing a lot of, you know, vaccinations and Trending positive. Trending to the right direction. Trending upwards. Uh, Troy, while you're here still, rip off the social handles, would you? Well, we're uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got at underscore off the hosel and off the hosel. Check out our uh, YouTube page at off the hosel. Subscribe, like, share. share. Um, comment on yeah. youtube videos. we love the feedback it's good to be back in the saddle it's been a few weeks it's been a it's been a while it's been a been a hot while hot but, man uh yeah also good luck to drew nipple yeah, nice weekend. Boys. Um, good luck to everyone else him. too We're rooting oh, for yeah. oh and i didn't even announce this uh the sponsor of all of our pre-show during show and whole tournament down there for off the hosel is perfect turf so they've took the um, the liberty yeah, the liberty of sponsoring the tournament, the pre-show for us and our off-the-hosel stuff. So thanks to Perfect Turf, I work there. So yeah, we'll have samples no, there. No free ads. <laughs> no, they're, they're paying. <laughs> no, I know. So it's know. good. Yeah, we're excited. Fellas, Troy, happy to see you back. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Good to see you, boys. Good luck again in Nipwin, and uh, good luck to all our competitors that are going to be there. But uh, I'm rooting for uh, this guy. So. And if you're not rooting for me, don't listen to the show. I don't know. Like, okay. Uh, Danny will talk next week. Troy, hopefully, talk next week. Scotty D in the crowd. Um, Christian, Sayonara. Everyone else, have a great uh, Wednesday. We'll talk to you this weekend. If not, see you next week. Peace. See you.